would bring us to come to consider is if we can start there at verse 5. I am reading from the New Living Translation. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I'm going to end at verse 5. Amen. Start at verse 1. But we're going to deal with that verse, the entire uh, paragraph, verses 1 through 17. Read from New Living Translation, and amen. The Word of God says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your light, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy for greedy persons is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Praise God for his word. You may be seated as you take your seat. If you can help me announce this to your neighbor, tell them the new me. The new me. Want to look at this text I'd like to highlight on this morning how our new life in Christ is reflective because of our death to this world. So therefore, the old things are old and now we have become new. This new me will also highlight how we look new, we feel new when we get new outfits. Anybody here likes to get a gift card to your favorite store? And you go out to find your, your favorite shirt, your favorite suit, your favorite outfit. And you look at yourself in the mirror and you feel brand new because you got something new on. And you get excited with this new stuff on that you can't wait to wear it to your first day of school. You'll, you'll go back to the job or you're going out on a date and you're feeling so good because of these new clothes on. But somebody comes up and they just say something wrong. With what you have on, hasn't your whole day just been ruined? You thought you had on something new, something that was fresh, something tight, something cool, something sweet, whatever the vocabulary you want to use. You thought it was all that and a bag of chips, but someone decided to let you know that it wasn't all that. It hurts us. But can I share with you that what Christ will give you will always be new, will always be in style. And whatever naysayers may say, they can say what they want, but it's going to be a lie. Because the truth is what God gives, hallelujah, is everlasting and it's true and it is real. And so look at how those who may judge you because they don't understand what you got on. The reason why they don't understand what you have on because their eyesight, their eyesight is hindered. How is their eyesight hindered? They're looking low. If you're looking low, you're going to find low things. But if you're looking up, hallelujah, you're going to find high things. And so first I want to point out to us that we need to have an upper view. <laughs> when we look up in this process, we see here no longer think, no longer look, no longer aim for things of this earth, but our aim should be Christ. And where is he? He's up. 
in the higher places, in the kingdom, at the right hand of the Father. Think about how anything that you're going to aim, whether you're aiming to park your car into a parking spot, you're aiming to shoot with the bow and arrow, you're aiming to throw a ball, playing dodgeball, you look at the target that you're seeking for. Same thing, if we're aiming to be like Christ, we need to look where he is. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And if we look at him, we start looking at what is holy, what is pure, what is good, what is gentle, what is mercy, what is kindness. And we start realizing that is what I want to be like. And these are the things I do not want to be like, which is in contrast to that. Therefore, I should be what? Dead to this world. One should realize that as I have higher aims, I have higher thoughts. And my higher thoughts will move me to be away from this lowly earth. Because if you just need help about what this earth is after and what it likes to offer, all you got to do is just stay up late at night one night and just put it on any channel watch the info commercials. And you'll be amazed at what you might see. And be amazed at how you want to turn that TV off because you don't want to see any more what you just saw. And so when we see how if this is what's appealing, this is what attracted, this is what people are investing in, and this is what the world wants to offer us, we need to start looking and say, well, God, what is it that you want us to be after? Jesus pointed to us in his teaching, Matthew 6, chapter, verse 33, says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He let us know that don't get caught up with the world ones are, but seek ye first uh, the kingdom of God. When I have an upper view, I'm looking up towards the kingdom and I see the kingdom and that's what I'm seeking after. So I'm seeking after the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Can I help somebody out? Because you might run into somebody and say, I'm seeking after the kingdom of God and all these other things he's going to add on to me. You got to help them out so you miss something. I'm glad you're seeking the kingdom of God. I'm glad you want him to bless you, but you also need to seek his righteousness. Because, you know, there's people out there that think if I seek after his kingdom, I'm going to get rich. I'm going to have all these blessings come upon me, but they're not being righteous. We need to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. When I'm seeking his righteousness, then I'm realizing there's things I need to get rid of. When you look at this text, it says you need to put off or get rid of. The, the common language of Greek when it's written there is basically understood as with removing garments. And so when you remove of garments, saying basically you're going to take off this old filth and foul stuff and you're going to put on this new, fresh and beautiful stuff and become a new person. Anybody here realize that if you've been working, anybody have to gone fishing, caught the fish, cleaned the fish and you get after you get done, you smell like fish. And the only way to stop smelling like fish, you got to take off those fishy clothes, get in some soap and some water. And put on some new clothes. And, 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 and the problem is even if when you put on those new clothes, you still smell some fish because that's those fishy clothes still around. You got to remove them and go get them washed so everything can smell fresh. And that's what God is telling us that if we have been dead to this world, we need to get rid of what stinks, what's smelling, what is foul, what is embarrassing. Remove all of that. We look at here in this text, one thing I like about the Bible is that the Bible is all rated. What I mean by it's all rated, it goes from G to R. It has it all covered. And what I like about this, we see this here, what I'm saying is that the movie gets stuff that's explicit. 
They do it for the wrong reason. God is exposing sin and for what it should be. Because think about, if we don't talk about sexual immorality, impurity, foul language, evil desires, they're finding all about it on TV. The TV discussion lets you know it's okay because they promote it. That's what's being sold. But when we say that you want to get rid of this, when you see that this is not a pleasing, this is not pleasing and appealing and satisfactory to God, it points a different perspective that we start looking. So, oh, I should not be excited about this. This stuff is dead. So when this stuff is dead, I'm seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness. So therefore, as I'm thinking higher, I want to put on higher things. So what, I'm going to take off the old and put on the new. And you see, there's a commandment there. The commandment is to put to death these things of this world, the members of this earthly body. That's a command. Tell your neighbor, that's a command. And so what should be put to death? We should put to death immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. We need to put, put these to Death. We talked previously on Sunday that this, the, the thing that we have an issue with death, that death means a permanent end to something. A permanent end to something. We realize that as, as if we're tired of feeling guilty morning after morning, tired of feeling shame morning after morning, then put to death that stuff that's making you feel that way. If we put to, to death, then we don't have to feel guilty and feel ashamed of that sin that is trying to continue to drag us down. But yet we can say, Lord, by your grace, by your might, by your strength, I know I'm an overcomer. Because why? We are dead to this world, but alive in Christ, and we are hidden. We are kept in him. And so no longer do we allow these evil desires to rule over us, reign over us, but we let the Lord, the true living God, rule us. Because if you look at what he's saying, that those who are doing that, they will be judged. John 3, 16, we're familiar with it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But verse 17 says he did not come into the world to condemn or judge the world, but that the world might be saved. The reason is because he realized that we, he could have came and said it's all over because we all at one time, if you can't admit it, I'm still praying for you, but if you can't admit it, you're on your way to redemption because we all at one time were in bondage to these desires. But now we no longer walk this way, those who know Christ as their Lord and Savior. Because we realize that I no longer want to see his wrath and face his judgment, but I want to know salvation. Because when we are living and obedient to Christ, look what's happening. Now that we took off the old and put on the new, we have an upper view. Now we want to act like he's our daddy. Jesus said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees that they said that they believed in Abraham. They were sons of Abraham. He says, you don't know Abraham and you're not even his sons. Because if you were, you would believe me who Abraham was waiting to see. John 8, chapter verses 44 through 45 says, you are of your father, the devil. And you want to do the desire of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. There's no truth in the devil. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. For he is a liar and the father of lies. He, Jesus pointed out to them saying, you say you're of me, but you're showing your true colors because you're not of me. You're of your father, the devil. And so if we're not acting like our father in heaven, uh-oh. We acted like somebody else is our father. 
And, and I, I know many of us have, have issues when people do not know who we are. You call me by the wrong name. You came into my house. You don't know who I am. We get upset when people do not recognize us. So let alone is somebody going to think that you're part of the, your enemy. Hello. That if they look at us, do they see Christ? Or do they see the world? And if they see the world, they see the devil. Because the devil is of this world. He desires everything that this world wants. He loves it. That's why God is going to destroy him and this world. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And catch this. We don't have to wait for a new heaven and a new earth for us to change because we could put on a new, a new person now all through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. So our lives should reflect no longer the old self, but who we, who we are being saved by God. Because if you look at verse 7, he does not exclude, him, exclude, exclude us. It says, you used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. See, still part of this world. We used to do these things. We need to remind ourselves as when we're witnessing to somebody else that where you are right now, I used to be there too. But you can change. You can understand forgiveness. You can understand redemption. You can realize that you don't have to do these things because some people are so caught up in this world, bonded by sin, that they are doing so many of these sins only so they can find some acceptance in this world. Thinking that somebody will love them if they allow them to abuse their body. Thinking somebody will love them if they go out and get drunk and smoke with them. Thinking somebody will love them if they help them rob and steal. They want to be a part of something, so they want to be a part of it. They do the sin acts, thinking that's going to draw them closer, not realizing that those people are only using them and abusing them, only getting what they can get out of it, and that's what the enemy is after. The devil wants to kill and destroy, remove self-confidence. He wants to move how you feel about yourself. He wants to destroy everything that he can and that's what sin does but Jesus says I've come so that you might have life and have life more abundantly he says I love you so much I'll give up my life I will make you sacrifice for me there's people that do that that they say if you love me you'll do this for me not saying what I will do for you they say, if you love me, you'll give me all that you have. If you love me, you'll let me ride your car. If you love me, you let me leave in your house for free. But they will never say what they will do for you. The world is after greed and idolatry, all of those things that satisfy self. But God is looking after how we should show what? Compassion, show mercy, show gentleness, show kindness. That's all doing to, to something for somebody else. See, God is all about how we need to build up one another. So when I take off the old, which is all pride, all ego, all about me, I put on this newness. Now I have this attitude and this mind of Christ. Now I'm looking at how I can have compassion to those who are in need. Yeah. Now look, what can I get out of it? Not how can I benefit myself, but how I can be a blessing to the less fortunate. When I look and I put on Christ, I learn how to be gentle. That means when you're getting on my last nerves, instead of saying the one thing that will set you off, I learn to say a word that will help you to encourage you and keep myself calm and keep you calm. That's the gentleness that I have. And, and that's the meekness. Too. Meekness not that I am weak. Meekness means that I am strong enough to put up with your mess and still love on you. That's meekness. That you get on my last nerves, but you don't even know it. That's meekness. 
So when we put on this new person, this new attitude, that's become so attractive that more people want to be around you because they see this new you. And they also want to remember the old you. And you can say, I remember that old person. That's why I'm new. <laughs> I didn't like that old person. I like this new person. I like how Christ is changing me. He's renewing me. He's transforming me. Aren't you glad that God never stops on us? The problem in this world, though, think about it. They give you a car, but there's a limit to how much they will renew it. They give you that warranty, right, 100,000 miles or, or five years, whichever comes first. <laughs> they won't renew it after a moment of time. But I'm so glad no matter how worn out, how broken down we are, God says, I can still work with you. I can still transform you. I can still give you transformation. Check this out. I can give you, I can change your oil. I, I'll give you a new engine. I'll give you a new body part. I'll give you a new paint job. I'll do whatever needs to be done to get rid of the old and keep you new. So when you're putting on the new, when you put on this new self, it's being renewed. You see that? That God is doing the active work. See, that's a beautiful thing. He is doing the active work. Some people think that in order for them to come to Christ, they got to renew themselves. The problem with that is that we cannot renew ourselves. Because if we could renew ourselves, then he would not have to die on the cross. And so since we, too, have died with him on the cross, sown the symbolism that we are, are dead to this world and alive with him, then now we are surrendering our lives to him through the Holy Spirit to work on our hearts and change our minds. Let me, let me drive this home so someone can see what renewal looks like and see if they can agree with me on this. Have you ever read a book for the first time on a subject you did not know? And once you finished reading that book, you had a better understanding of that subject? That subject just renews your mind. It renews your mind. It gave you something new you never had before so that you can understand. And that book was ready or has always probably always been there, but you just never took advantage of reading that book. You probably never had a, a, a purpose of reading that book. You know how something new comes up. Oh, I want to check that out. Now that you check it out, it has renewed your mind. Can I help you out that the Bible does the same thing? You can open up your Bible and let the Holy Spirit do it, and it can renew your mind. It'll help you be more patient. It'll help you be more gentle. It'll help you be more kind. It'll help you be more loving. And you saw what love does. Love holds everything together. So think about when your things are falling apart in your life, you know what you need is love. <laughs> when people are falling apart before you, you know what they need is love. When families are falling apart across the street, you know what they need is love. And, you, and we know, think about how many love songs that are out there because everybody wants some love. And we know that God's love is so great. He gave it to the world for God so loved the world. So when you realize that when love can be, it can be given and shared and multiplied, how it brings people together. And that's what we need because this love will help us to draw closer to each other. And through this love that heart binds everything together, these are the elements of this love. These are the elements of this love that it was able to show kindness, right? It's able to be humble and gentle. It's able to demonstrate patience. We know we love this word patience. Otherwise, you know, as long-suffering, able to suffer long, able to put up with people's mess and not complain. 
And then look what else this new person does now. Now that we have an upper view, now we have a new me. We also realize that I can put up with your mess longer and love on you. Verse 13 of Colossians 3rd chapter says what? That we will be bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Isn't that beautiful? Don't you want somebody to do that for you? New Living Translation reads it this way. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you. So you must, y'all see must there, forgive others. Another thing says you sh- also you should because he is forgiving you. If you need help on that, if you're familiar with the model prayer, forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. So I'm saying forgive me as I forgive others. So if I have not forgiven somebody, I'm basically saying, Lord, don't forgive me as I have not forgiven so-and-so because I told them I'll never forgive them for what they did to me. But yet if we look in how love is changing us and we realize it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who's living in me, then I am able to forgive you because I realize God has forgiven me. And I both realize this as you and the same thing is for me that I am broken and I'm in need of God's forgiveness. Those who do not understand forgiveness are the ones who are who are judged the hardest. Hear what I'm saying. You can find an unforgiven person when they are judging on you. Jesus points this out. He says, before you try to judge somebody else, first get the plank out of your eye before you're trying to deal with the speck in somebody else's eye. Can I help somebody out? First get this tree trunk out of your eye. Concerned about a dust speck in somebody else's eye. He's basically pointing out, since you have not dealt with your own issues, you are hard on somebody else. And the reason why, because you clearly can't see, because you got issues in your life that you have not dealt with yet. So this old self means, Lord, I need to be dead to this selfish attitude and this idolatry and this, and this impurity and this ego and the lust of evil desires that I'm no longer trying to please myself, but now I'm desiring, Lord, how I can honor you, I can humble myself before you. And then that helps me to be more forgiven to others, realize that I was in the same boat. And I'm in need of his mercy. I'm in need of his grace. And catch this. Just as I am in need of it, so are you, and we need it together, and together we can come together, and we can grow. So when you have this great forgiveness, you're able to put on this love that has unity. And watch what happens. Now that you see, you see how this comes in, that you have this upper view. You put on this new you. Now you have a change of view. Now that you have a change of view, your view has changed because you no longer are operating from what you had in you, what was the world. Now you have Christ in you. It says now you have the word of God in you. Think about how when you moved into whatever might have been a dorm room, a new house, a new room, you took out all that was old. And if you did, somebody else did before you got in there. I know most, most, most college dormitories, when the students get out, they need to take everything up out of there. If not, they will. And you won't see it again. And same thing when you get a new house, right? That old owner, if they was in there, they need to take everything out of that house so you can get in there. And if not, you're going to tell them, no, nah, before I pay, you need to get this stuff out. And then you get in, then you can decorate it and set up how you want it to be. 
And what I'm trying to point out is in order for us to, in order for us to fully be renewed and transformed, we need to get rid of all that old stuff so that God can change us as he wants us to be. And so when we get rid of foul language, we replace it with the word of God. We get rid of hatred, but we replace it with, with gentleness and meekness and kindness. And when we allow this word cast, what happens And now that when I meet people, I says, now we'll greet people with, with psalms and hymns. Why? How could I have psalms and hymns? Because I got the word in me now. When we have the word in us, we communicate. Just think about how we communicate now. Think about the word you say the most. Where that word come from? You probably don't remember who you got it from. But you, you repeated somebody else said it. I, I remember riding on the bike with my cousin. And, you know, you know how everybody got to be in the back seat, you know, get on the pegs on the back of the bike. So I'm in the back of the bags of the bike, and my cousin, he's riding. And so a guy comes by, and he shakes his head up. And so I'm, I'm like eight years old this time, asking my cousin, what does that mean? He said, it means what's up. I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm going around now forever. I see somebody, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> this Peter, I thought it was cool. You know, hey, that, that was cool. He looked cool when he did it. I want to look cool. So I was, he like, no, Sam, don't do it like that. You know, it's going to hurt your neck. So just, just go. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And, and, and so I, I just picked it up from him thinking it was cool. So I applied it to my life. So now as a part of my culture, even to this day, I might see people out on the street. I'd be like. <laughs> and, and that's what's going on. So think about how we pick things up. We just pick things up and they become of our, our character and our nature. Some things are good. Some things are bad. But we pick them up. How much more now we need to pick up more of God and more of his nature, more of his character, that it will remove those bad habits and we'll place them with these good habits that next time we run into people, all we know how to do is, is share them the goodness of the Lord. All we know how to do is encourage them. All we know to do is how to build them up. And here, here's another thing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to leave you alone. Here's another thing I want to share about patience. Patience also means that you know when to speak about your own life. People come up to you and they want to share you their good news and you just want to, you just, you, you hear them out and then you forget all they said and tell them about what's going on in your life. <laughs> they came up excited to you. Oh, my son did this or my daughter's done this or I just got a raise at my job. And you go say, oh, well, you know what? Uh, I'm going on a cruise. So, you know, you just, just brought up something, you know, just to let them know <laughs> things are good in my life too, in case you were wondering. <laughs> And, and, and what happened to that person that they came to share with you the goodness and you could not celebrate with them, you could not encourage them. You had to say, well, first you got to look at me, then I'll talk about you again. But sometimes you need to be patient and say, that's good. Or show me some pictures. Or, well, how would you get that job? Well, that's great for you. Or praise God, I'm so excited for you. And you can tell them when you come back from the cruise. Hey, you know, I was going on a cruise the other time. You know, you can tell them later. But don't get so caught up that you got to make it about you all the time. When you take off the old stuff, you let go, you let go of that ego, let go of that it's got to be about me. That we start looking, how can I be compassionate, be generous, be kind, and build up somebody else? And the reason why that is strange to us, because it's strange to this culture of this world to make somebody, to, we, we don't celebrate humility. We celebrate the top gross winners. We tell about the top ten. Uh, you don't see a magazine coming out daily talking about the best father, the best mother. But if they make a million dollars, oh, this is a, a tremendous mom. She balances her life, and she's a movie star. She does this. I got a mom that does the same thing. Yeah. 
Many, many of our parents are not on silver screens, are not models, but we know that they modeled a great life for us. And so when we understand oh, what really makes things tink, that's what we need to continue to celebrate. And so we need to continue to lift somebody else and say, I see the hard work that you're doing. Day after day, you're going to that nine-to-five job knowing that you'd rather be at another job, but you know that you want to provide for your children, so you make this sacrifice for them. I see the hard work that you're doing. And when we do that, that lets someone know they're appreciated. That lets them know that they're being noticed. That lets them know they're being encouraged. Why? Because you have forgot about yourself, and you look to say, Lord, I want to be like you and lift you up because it's not what Jesus did. We remember we're supposed to have upper view. Where is Jesus? Up high in the heavens. Why is he up high in the heavens? Because he looked low for us. Jesus is sitting high because he looked low. He came down from heaven to show us the way. He came down to show us how to be patient. He came down to show us how to serve one another. He came down to show us how to turn the other cheek. He came down to show us how to be benevolent. He came down to even show us how to be a friend. That's why we like it. No greater love than this for a friend to lay his life down for another. And then Jesus says, no, I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm going to be about it. And so his own friends uh, that ran away from him, hiding from him, he says, watch me die on the cross for your sins. But look here, look here. When he got up on the third day, he told Mary, he said, go tell them I see them again in Jerusalem. He, even though they were hiding in a locker room, ashamed and disappointed, he says, I'm going to show you how much I love you. I'm going to make some breakfast for you. I'm going to give you power from on high to be my witnesses. And you're going to go and do amazing and wonderful things. And it says, now come with me to this mountaintop and watch me go away. They watched him go away and they're in awe and just dumbstruck like, my goodness, he is the Lord. He is the Messiah. What we going to do? He sent his angels down. So y'all got work to do. He's showing us what to do. Now we have work to do. Now that's true for us now. God has shown us what to do. And now we have work to do. So we need to continue to put to death this old self and put on the new and allow him to renew us as we keep our eyes on him. And we have this new point of view and we have these new clothes. We have our new you, our new attitude, our new walk, our new talk. And we're able to share with some of us the goodness and the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, almighty God. Let's pray.